0: Today, I am welcoming Lauren Windsor, who's a Decluttering and Organizing Coach. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks, Ange. Hi. Can you tell us, I know it's in the title, but can you tell us a little bit what your business is
1: about? Yeah. So my business is my name, how you introduce me. I'm Lauren Windsor, Decluttering and Organizing Coach. So it's... Most people sort of come to, to me thinking along the lines of professional organiser, and that is a little bit of what I do, but when I started working in this industry, I didn't want to be going into people's houses and making them um, pretty or, you know, Pinterest perfect or colour-coordinated and rainbow. I love all of that stuff. I really do. But what I, I kind of took the approach of, you know, if you, teach a girl to fish, she she can eat forever, you know. Oh. I wanted to teach people how to change their habits and their strategies and their systems in their home and help them make decisions themselves in their decluttering process for lifelong changes rather than just a quick fix to make it look pretty today. So a good system, regardless of who puts it together, will last you know, weeks, months, years, but I wanted my clients to understand how they came to make decisions that got them where they are and how to make those decisions differently so that they can come out of it themselves with support rather than trying to do it for them. Does that make sense? It
0: does, but I had no idea that that was a professional organiser did, that they did it for you. So that's fascinating to
1: to hear. So, I mean, I I do have lots of professional organisers, friends and colleagues, and everyone takes a different approach. And there are certainly professional organisers who have a more hands-on or more hands-off approach depending on themselves. But I wanted to be very clear, not just with my clients and potential clients, but with myself, that my role is not to do it for you my role is to help you to learn and to figure out your way the way that makes sense to you not the way that I want to do things but the way that makes sense to you
0: that is brilliant and you know what I had a um I had a taste of that when I signed up for your freebie before Christmas uh which is absolutely brilliant I recommend it to anyone I had never thought of planning Christmas. I don't know. After that, I had a <laughs> bit of a facepalm moment. I'm like, how could I not have thought about it? And yet, yeah. by asking the right questions in your PDF and and taking us through these um, video series, which are uh, live streams, which are absolutely wonderful, it actually enabled me. And we've we've talked about this to mm. make a big difference in my household over Christmas because. I have lots of people who have sensory issues, who are autistic, and mm-hmm. who are traumatized. And I did I wondered why Christmas was was traumatic, but now right. I don't. <laughs> and it's not just that. I understand mm. why, but I know how to put it right, which is even
1: better. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes such a difference, those just asking those questions. So you did the My Free series that was planning for a stress-free Christmas. Yeah. And that's something that you know, it took me a few years to figure out for myself. But then when I noticed that I was doing the same sort of routine of planning, and then my follow through every year, I realized that there might be something there that other people might benefit from. And oh, apparently I was yeah. right. I'm so glad. This should <laughs> um, be a signature you...
0: thing, honestly. It <laughs> although although you that can always mind. kind of promote it- <laughs> Christmas I suppose but or just to get people thinking you could have whenever there's an occasion planning your valentine you know planning your easter well it's kind
1: of um it's sort of a a mini tester of what that kind of structure can do so you know yes we had it in that context of around Christmas time because that is an experience that many people can relate to the stress that comes or that can and often does come with Christmas and how we actually want it to be two separate things but you can you can apply a similar process to your wardrobe to your meal plans your everyday just the structure and in your business
0: i'm thinking in your business exactly to your um launch to your yeah (laughs) it can be as big or as small you can do
1: it for your whole life or just for this hour you know um the same ideas the same questions more or less uh, are what we need to be asking and you know for those of you who don't know it's usually just a what do we really want here and how can we make more of that Sometimes it means eliminating some of the things that we don't want to make room for what we do want. And that's the decluttering part. That's, you know, it's not always physical stuff. It's sometimes ideas, expectations, obligations, people, (laughs) beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I love about it. It's for me, the idea of decluttering and organizing is all encompassing. It can apply to any aspect of, of our lives and that's pretty special to me I'm gonna
0: ask a bit of a naughty question but do you find that there's some a very small percentage of people that just can't get organized
1: oh I like like, that question (laughs) oh I love that no you've not managed to kind of like you want to shake them because you can't get through I'm just mm, I, I have I have found people that that have been harder yeah but I think that that's what that means is that we haven't found a method that works for them. So I personally don't believe in naturally organized. Um, I can't imagine that, you know, back in cave person times, you know, there's, little wifey cave woman sitting there reorganizing her bone collection into <laughs> size and color. Like it just, that's, that's not what happened. It is not an essential part of life to have things systemized, but it's it's a tool we use to make the, the masses of things more palatable for us. So I know that I'm not naturally organized. I'm really not. I had to learn methods that make sense to me I had to unlearn expectations and the right way of doing things to fit with my myself and what makes sense in my head and in my home and with my family you know um, you mentioned you know you have um, children on the spectrum both of my children are um, on the autistic spectrum they're considered high functioning autistic spectrum disorder and you know, as most parents find not too long after they have children, it's not everything you expect. You can't, no one has the perfect child. No one um, is the perfect parent. And so you have to let go of some of those expectations and just start going with what works for you. And I find the same is true with organizing styles. There are so many books and mm-hmm. um, programs and gurus out there and they all work. For some people, it's just like a diet, and there's so many diets, and they all work for some people. My 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 drive is trying to find the one that works for you, the one that works for each of my clients. So part of
0: your process is actually to help people Mm. find something that works for them. I love it because so Mm. many people just sell their solution, and then you feel like a failure as a client if you can't Mm. fit into the gurus, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I have, I mean, I love reading all of the different ideas and I have my own ideas, of course, but, you know, I've tried many of them and i tried them, especially when I had young children and I was, you know, um, a young mum staying at home and just trying to balance the world (laughs) in my head and in my home. And some things just didn't sit. And I felt like such an idiot I just felt really dumb for not being able to do the simple thing like keep my ass under control and I wasn't it just wasn't a system that made sense to me and I had expectations that were unnecessarily high and they weren't Ooh, helping me I can me. relate
0: to that I can relate I- <laughs> to
1: that <laughs> I would be surprised to hear any woman or any mother more specifically that doesn't think that at some point she had overly high expectations. Like it comes with the territory, unfortunately, but that, yeah, seeing that there were so many different ways and over the years I picked and chose the bits that did sit right with me and that worked and that stuck and the habits that helped build to, you know, my house is not perfect now and I don't expect it ever will be it has its moments, <laughs> but we still live here. <laughs> you know, there's, we still wear clothes. We still sleep in our bed. We still eat. My daughter is messy. <laughs> you know, she has crafts and she likes cooking. And my son is a teenager and he has all the things that come with being a teenager. Um, actually, he's not quite, he's almost a teenager. So, you know, <laughs> goodness help us <laughs> we're in a couple more years. I, I have, but,
0: um, I have the best advice for mums of teenagers, but only if you ask me. Yes, please. Never go for it. Never take anything personally. Never take oh. anything. That's the only thing that will save you. Yeah. That's fine. That's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> that is good advice.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, sorry. I I'm just letting that sit your... with
1: me for a moment. Don't take it personally.
0: <laughs> ever. Ever. Don't. Yeah. Just, just. That's fine. Yeah. Just let
1: it go. Yeah. I, I'm saying That's this, I suppose,
0: because... um That's what I did. And it worked for me. Mm. So I'm not saying it would work for everyone, but at the same time, no, but the the biggest job of teenagers is to oppose Mm. their parents. So they find their own way. So Mm -hmm. it's not about you. It's about them finding their own way and seeing what works for them, what doesn't. But it's such a shock when you get there because you've had complying little children. Oh, for most part, (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly when you haven't. You're a typical children. It's different mm. but for for people mm. who have compliant kids. It's such a yeah. shock from one day to another. Almost they start challenging their parents. They're
1: not used to that. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, what a road ahead! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what I what yeah, I mean is that there they just there isn't a one size fits all. And you yeah. know that you know that with business, you know that with parenting. Anyone listening knows that there's no such thing as one size fits all. It just doesn't it can't. We're all too different. We have so many different things going on. We were raised differently. And I see a lot of clients that, you know, a very common thing they say to me is, you know, my mum has a really, really clean and tidy house. Like her house is so spotless. And she comes over and she tells me what I should be doing. Or in some way they feel judged or like they've let their mother down. And, I mean, that's that's a can of worms in itself. The mother-daughter relationship is one that, I mean, you and I could do a massive podcast just on that, but that's not what we hear about today.
0: My grandmother was super house proud. My yeah. mum is house proud. My sister is house proud. Yeah. Um, and, so and I'm glad I don't surrounded. live in the same
1: country as them. And I've heard that before too from others. <laughs> and when you're surrounded by that, especially when you're raised with that, that it's, yeah so like it looks so easy to to them and it looks like you're doing something wrong when you're not doing things the way they are you know if only i could you know just fold the clothes as they come off the line the way my mum does or, oh i can't do that still i can't i don't do that no i i no. oh i hate no. folding i hate folding so much and i agree like that would mean that That's i have me. folded Fidu the Fidu clothes the but oh, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. worst anyway yeah no
0: so I get it I get it yeah. I, what I heard as well in what you were saying mm. is that the caveman didn't have that problem also because they didn't have much stuff whereas we oh, have God. tons of, of course. it
1: yeah so yeah I mean nomadic people which even which today like think? there are people who choose a nomadic life yeah e- even you know in modern western society now and yeah. one of the calling cards for that is a very minimalist life and you know that we, we say minimalist and a lot of people sort of recall because it's, you know, it can be seen as a dirty word and people have different ideas of what minimalism is too. Mm. And I don't necessarily push minimalism. My house is far from minimalistic. It's significantly closer than it was maybe five years ago or 10 years ago, definitely 10 years ago. Mm. Um, but the, the key there, like the reason people are drawn to minimalism is the less stuff you have, the less stuff you have to look after.
0: Yeah, there's a
1: truth in that,
0: isn't there? hmm. So what led you into it, into the work that you do? So,
1: I mean, I've always loved, yeah, absolutely. So I've always loved things being sort of organised and structured. Um, I was, even in like primary school, I liked things sort of colour coded. I liked to um, plan my calendar into high school and uni. I had, you know, matching Um, study notes that were color coded with my calendar and like everything matched. But uh, a lot of that was a bit of a procrastination strategy. It didn't necessarily make me a better student, (laughs) but it looked pretty. And, you know, I loved everything, having a place. I loved reorganizing my room and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I liked things to be well-organized. The decluttering part was the real key and that didn't come into play until six or seven years ago now um my mum got very sick and we had to send her back to Brisbane so um, interstate from where we live here to be closer to our extended family and I was left on relatively short notice to empty out her three-bedroom house and that three-bedroom house was full it was not messy it was clean she was very house proud but she had so much stuff now i could talk for a very long time about the stuff and the things that kind of blew my mind that she was holding on to but books were a big thing for mum so that was the the biggest moment for me was noticing i mean i knew she loved books she always had books abundance of books in our house forever as far back as i can remember but there was one bookshelf that was bowing like deeply bowing with the weight it was carrying from those books and if that's not a metaphor for too much clutter I don't know what is like it was literally about to break underneath the weight of of its load and and that was that went for most of the house. Like there were so many areas that were just at almost breaking point because of how much she was holding on to. And I'll, I'll try and cut my story a little bit short because I know we've got a lot to go through, but I, I basically took two weeks do working 12 hours a day to process everything in that house. Uh, my husband took that time off work to look after our two young children and um, I packed up everything that she considered essential, that she must keep. Um, and that was the equivalent of the storage unit. So the storage unit we got for her to, to move her stuff in was the same size as when I moved my family of four, like our whole home. That was her essentials, must keep, can't live without. And that was that was a bit much for me and like I hadn't looked into minimalism or anything it just it hit me that that was a lot for one person to consider essential like you know sometimes you might play that not not really a game but you have that sort of mental puzzle of um you know if there were an emergency what could what would I grab My mum just didn't have that concept, like the idea of what could I grab. No, I have more time, so I can take more stuff, so I'm going to fill this thing. And even after all of her essentials were gone, we had a two-day garage sale where I essentially opened the doors and said, come in, take what you can. Um, We donated, I think, at least five car loads to our local charities plus a trailer load of furniture, Um, plus goodness there was so much so much left that house Um, and after that when all of that was gone and we handed the keys over and that house was behind us and all of mum's stuff had gone back into state with her um, we built a three by three meter shed in our backyard to house the excess stuff that we couldn't fit in our house of stuff that I wanted to keep of hers And that just didn't sit right with me. I was like, that's a weird thing to do. And I kind of had this itch. I had like this bug that I had to keep processing. Like when I looked around my house, I was like, oh my God, there is so much stuff here. There is so much. I can't handle it. Like that needs to be tidied up. And it, it was a little bit neurotic, but there was just this pull for me that I needed to get rid of some more stuff. And I sort of worked my way slowly, like while my Baby daughter was napping, I'd work my way around the house, you know, one little area at a time, just chip away. And eventually I got through the whole house and the shed. So only what I absolutely wanted, what I loved, and what really made me happy stayed. And eventually I kind of ran out of things to declutter. And I still had this bug. Like I still like, but now it wasn't an annoyance. It was just this almost like an addiction. I knew how relieving and uplifting it felt to be free of this stuff. And I heard my friends being annoyed by having too much. Like they'd say, there's just so much shit here. There's just so like, I'm always tidying up and the kids are always leaving a mess. And just like, there was so much weight on their shoulders Mm. And so I offered help. I said, look, I, I honestly love doing this. Let me come and work with you. Just, you know, if I'm bugging you, tell me to go away. And I worked a little bit with one friend in particular who said, you know, people would actually pay you for this. And I was like, Shh, nah, no, nah, <laughs> I'm just doing it for fun. I couldn't possibly. Um, and then she referred a friend to me. She said, look, she, she actually wants this help. So do that. So we gave it a go and it worked out really nicely. And I kind of snowballed from there. I just started talking about it and How long ago clients was that? kept coming in. So I'm not 100% sure when that first client was. I want to say three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't really start doing this as a business properly. Um, like I didn't start my Facebook page, I think, until... Uh, I want to say July of 2019. So I'm still only in my second year of this as my proper business um, until I, then. I so between I those... kind of have to challenge
0: you on the fact that having a Facebook fa- page is like the official.
1: No, I know. <laughs> for for know me, that mean, was. But, but
0: mm. yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I suppose mm. everybody has a different milestone. Uh, Mm -hmm. for me it's having your first paid client so
1: yeah Mm -hmm. so my first paid client was probably a year or so before that okay um but yeah I would at that stage it was still a hobby for me it was something I was going to do in my free time because you know mums have so much free time right but it was something (laughs) I was doing in addition to my paid job my real job you know my grown-up job
0: (laughs) okay And do you still have a grown-up job or is this your grown-up job? This is my
1: grown-up job. This is my everything.
0: (laughs) You've graduated. I have, yes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah. So we're coming now to the intuitive part of things, which is more Mm -hmm. in my my world, although it's in everybody's world and people don't often recognize it. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: Do you consider yourself intuitive first?
1: So... I do now it has taken me a long time to accept that and even longer to admit it openly but it is something that I I do consider for myself now I am intuitive yes oh
0: and I Mm -hmm. I want to ask you another question why did you resist it what did you Took so long to admit so, to
1: yeah um this is something I'm still unpacking a little bit but I did resist it for most of my life um I don't know I always saw the more spiritual intuitive side of life as as something that you know other people did there were people in my Yeah, there were people in my life that that were really into that kind of thing and they just weren't my people. In fact, a lot of them weren't actually very nice people and I didn't (laughs) want to to be part of that. Yeah, (laughs) and I started to open up a bit more to the idea when my daughter, who is now nine, when she was maybe two or three, I started to notice, I mean, I noticed earlier, but this is when I started to make the link with me, I noticed that some of her empathy, like she is very empathetic and I would go as far as saying she is an empath. Um, I noticed that her response to the people around her and her effect on people around her um, was very, very real and very, very strong and powerful. And I noticed her struggling with it. You know, she was hurting And she couldn't understand why she was in so much pain when the people around her were upset, even if she didn't know they were upset, she felt it. And I was trying to explain to her because I could see what was going on. And I was trying to explain it to her in a way that made sense for her little toddler mind. And keep in mind, so she is also, as we discussed, she's autistic. So I needed it to be very, very logical and literal but also child friendly. <laughs> and Ooh, what I came nice up with. Right? Nice <laughs> <laughs> so what I came up with was I said, honey, okay, this is, this is a big secret, sweetheart. I said, you have a superpower. And my like two or three year old daughter looks at me like, seriously, mum? <laughs> like, do you expect me to believe that? The eye roll, like the, the full on sass that you would expect <laughs> of a 16 year old came out of this toddler. I looked at her and I said, no, seriously, honey, you have a superpower. And a lot of people don't understand this. And a lot of people might try and make you feel bad for thinking about, for believing this, but you do. You have the power to feel other people's emotions. And sometimes that means that you feel when they're sad, but it also means that you get to feel when they're happy. The flip side of that is that you also get to help them with how you feel if you're upset other people feel it and they don't know why and if you're happy other people feel it and they don't know why so that might be really hard and she started to understand and believe me and she said but mom i don't want to and she's crying and she like you can see the pain coming through her i said if you understand it and you believe it then you can start to change and you know it was quite a long and lengthy discussion but I, I told her, you know, there was a bit of tension in the household. Everyone was kind of in a bad mood. Like the energy was drawn down and that often happens when she gets upset. Whether oh. she pulls it from somebody else or she herself is having a bad day, the whole house and the mood drops. Like it's like a great big cloud comes over. It's so strong. Wow. And after we discussed this kind of thing a few times and she started to feel it a bit more and kind of find her power in it. Keep in mind, this is still like three, four, you know, as we're getting to this stage. And then there was a day that we had like this dark cloud happening. And I said to her, I took her aside and I said, sweetie, I'm trying really hard here. I want everyone to feel happy and I'm trying to use my superpower to help other people feel happy, but this one's too big for me and I need your help. So can you with me just be happy? We're just going to put some big smiles on and we're going to try our best to feel as happy, to really feel happy and just see. I said, we're going to, we'll just try it for half an hour. And if it doesn't work, we can stop. Just try with me. And I swear to you, it was less than a minute Less than a minute, that whole mood in the house changed. As soon as she decided, yeah, I can do that, I can change my mind and I can feel happy now, the whole house brightened up. Wow. And it was because I noticed this pain in her. I noticed the reflection of her mood around us and her absorbing the moods of others that I started to realise that I did that too. Now, I don't think that I do it to the same degree that she can. I don't know if that's because I muffled it for so long or if hers is just significantly stronger. But I noticed it in her and I recognised it as as familiar. And so I started to accept that as a part of myself that wasn't weird or overly emotional or... um, whingy or whiny or any of the negative things that are put on us about being strongly emotional women I started to accept it as this is just part of who I am and it was actually really beautiful to see in her so why couldn't it be a beautiful part of me too and that sort of switched for me and made me look into that more intuitive side of myself do you know
0: what I have the very similar story Yeah. My children Mm -hmm. taught me everything I needed to know about intuition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And um, (laughs) yeah, I've asked you to come with a powerful story of how intuition helped you in your business, because I think Mm -hmm. we all have stories outside of business, but Mm -hmm. we don't share enough the ones in business, maybe because... It's not something people do yet. Um, yeah. Hopefully this podcast will change everything. <laughs>
1: hopefully, yeah. So I I have many in business um, and I hadn't really considered it like I was using my intuition for my business. But, again, the more I learn, the more I realise that I've been doing it. Yeah. Um, so I think I had a couple of ideas, but I think because you pulled me up on the Facebook comment, I'm going to go with this one. Okay. Okay. Um, When I decided that this needed to be, um, I I needed to give it a real go. I needed it to be a business. Um, I had had several opportunities. Like I was at a fork in the road in my career. I had different places I could go. I had some opportunities come up and they just didn't sit right with me. Every time something came up, I felt myself sort of sinking back into a corner and trying to make myself smaller. I was like, that's, it just, it didn't sit right. There was nothing wrong with any of these opportunities. Some of them were fantastic. They just didn't feel right. But whenever I thought about my decluttering little hobby thing that I was doing, I felt big and full and light and happy. Like it was just, it just felt good. And so I decided that that I needed to give it a good go. And when I made that decision, I thought, okay, so I'll, you know, the things you do when you think you're starting a new business, the, the things you think are important, right? I, um, you know, ordered some business cards and I fluffed around with some like um, agreement contract type things for clients and my rules. I toyed with the idea of a uniform, that kind of like the the bits that feel important but are actually not anything to do with how (laughs) successful your business is. And I set up a Facebook page. I was like, how am I going to get the word out to people who aren't my immediate circle? I will set up a Facebook page and do some advertising and stuff. So I set up my Facebook page um, because it was the quickest way that I knew for going to a real business. Right. And there's a bit when you first set up your Facebook page where you can invite your friends. And I was going through my list of every single friend I have on Facebook, including like people from high school, family that I see, you know, once every few years at, you know, family event type things, people who aren't in my inner circle, but are connected. And I was kind of picking out the ones that I thought would be really supportive or maybe interested or maybe had contacts that might be interested. And then I pressed a button and the notice popped up that I had sent my invitation to everyone. And, okay. <laughs> and I went, Oh shit. Oh shit. And I, and then I stopped for a moment and I was like, okay, so I could undo that. I could just delete the whole page and like all these options are going through my head. And then I went, actually, that felt really good. Oh. That felt really, really good. So I left it and when it first happened, I was like, it was an accident, but we'll call it a happy accident. But in hindsight, there was that moment there. I could have fixed that accident. I could have stopped it. I could have deleted it. I could have done anything to fix that accident and nobody would have known. But my gut, for lack of a better word, my gut said, no, this is fine and this is good and just I go love with it, it. I love and it. and I loved it because it instantly I was like this is what I'm doing now there's no going back and that felt really good it wasn't like a well shit now I'm stuck it was like yes this is real this mm. is actually happening and this is what I want to do and from that moment I kind of just gave myself permission to to talk about it to to be proud of it. Like, this is actually what I'm doing now. This is my business. This is who I am. And this is what I'm offering. And it wasn't this little thing that I'm doing on the side. Mm. It wasn't something that, you know, I might mention if somebody says something about decluttering, it was, you know, I ran into a friend's husband that I hadn't seen in years at the supermarket. And he asked what I was doing. I was like, well, funny, you should ask. I've just started my (laughs) business and I'm doing that. You couldn't shut me up from that point. And it was... I love it, it was so cool <laughs> I am
0: curious actually I want to know did you really click on the all one or did it just happen and you don't know how it happened
1: you know, honestly I don't know
0: <laughs> okay okay
1: um I'll
0: leave it hanging because it then. was it
1: was honestly it was a split second so I don't know um and there's no way to to know like presumably yeah. you can't have that happen unless you click the all button but there
0: it is. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I suppose I'm asking this because I know how energy and mm. the universe can interfere with electronics, and I don't know if you've experienced that. I have. <laughs> I uh, I am going to dedicate a full episode to that because it's yeah. so much fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but it used to frustrate frustrate me to no end because, for yeah. example, sometimes. And it happens occasionally less and less because I'm more aligned to mm. my whole life. But I just there's times when I just couldn't send an email. No matter how much I clicked on the button to send it, it wouldn't go. And I was wow. like, okay, I'm not meant to send it. And then I read it again and said, now I understand. Mm, interesting. Like a day or two later. There's yeah. been my phone has been calling people on its own and it's there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and so all no. these things, and this this is normal. <laughs> i want people to understand and hear this is actually quite normal Mm. um but it will only become normal if we talk about it and we understand how it works Mm. Mm -hmm. and in a way even though you know my my tagline is that i teach people how to use intuition without having to meditate you wear crystals Mm. and um (laughs) give up on coffee or wine
1: Uh, (laughs) thank goodness oh my god
0: (laughs) yeah contain crystals won't they yeah (laughs) easy easy for spirit to interfere with it Mm. uh but it could be something else i don't know but i i have so such a big track record about that that i can't not mention it i'm sorry to interrupt you no
1: awesome
0: so i'd love to know where can people find you
1: uh so i suppose the easiest place to find me is to do a bit of stalking and find me on facebook so um if you search my my name is spelt A little bit strangely, Windsor is W-I-N-Z-A-R. So if you look for Lauren Windsor, I I pretty much come up. There's not that many of us. (laughs) So my decluttering and organising coach on Facebook um, is the best place to find me. And I'm sure we can share a link for that.
0: I will. You can watch little
1: videos of me um, and past trainings and stuff are often on there as well. That's a, a good way to get an idea of what I'm about and what I teach. And if you're interested in in talking to me, I'm always, you know, a quick message away. I'm also on Instagram and YouTube, but Facebook's the main hangout, and that's where most of the stuff sort of collates itself.
0: <laughs> you do have um, I know this is going to be published probably by the end of the summer, but uh mm. in Australia anyway. For us it's gonna be early spring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or for me um but you also started a new YouTube series which I think is gonna be yeah really fun. and
1: you are one of my amazing guests and thank you again for being part of that so this was a series um that mostly came about just I noticed as I was helping people declutter and organize they were starting to again sort of open up decluttering gives you so much more room not just physically, but a men- but mentally and emotionally. And they started to find other aspects of their life that they were now ready to, to work on or to investigate more. And I'd find they'd ask me questions or I'd know a little bit about a topic because, you know, I have a client that also does that thing or whatever. But I don't, that's not my speciality. So I'd say, you know what, I know just the girl for you. And, and so this series, series was, yeah, my series is called I Know Just the Girl. And it's a collection of amazing and inspiring women that I have had the amazing pleasure to work with um, or to learn with uh, over the past couple of years, sharing their expertise and a little bit how we cross over, how so many things can uh follow the same process as decluttering and how decluttering can you open you up to that sort of thing but also all of these women have a similar approach to how they teach in that none of them believe this is the one thing that you need to do and you must Ah. do it this way and then everything will be fine all of these women come to it with a very down-to-earth let's just try a little bit at a time baby steps see what works for you you know the the client is the goal here not here's a way to make everyone cookie cutter one size fits all yada 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 there's your way is what we're after and so I've been loving recording and sharing these and at the time that we're recording this now so we're um, early to mid-January now and we've got three alive and the rest are waiting and it's it's exciting. I'm so happy to share all these wonderful women, including yourself. Um, you, you shared your story it. of intuition and how how that's helped you sort of open up your world. It's been wonderful. So, probably more of that kind of thing to come too. So, by all means, I was going to say, no, but I was <laughs>
0: going to say, are you catch, uh, do you think you've got the bug now? Because interviewing people is pretty awesome, and it, also, it is
1: really like, cool.
0: It opens doors too, doesn't it? It's just yeah. one of these things.
1: Yeah. So I can definitely see me doing a similar thing down the track. I don't see it being um, at this stage, at least I don't see it being a regular thing. I like the the batch sort of way of doing things. That's just my style. That's how I work. And I've got more things happening in my business coming up and everything's always evolving. And that's what I love about our kind of work is that we can sort of evolve with what suits us and as we learn and as we understand more about our clients so even though we come from different directions i think and clearly different sides of the planet (laughs) as well (laughs) it's we have a very similar style of of helping people i think so
0: yeah i can see that and for me it's very important that there's no cookie cutter here even with intuition because i was caught in that trap myself because Mm -hmm. i'm not Clairvoyant or clairaudient, and most people who teach that are. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I felt like a fraud, and I felt like mm-hmm. I wasn't good enough and that I wasn't trying hard enough uh, mm-hmm. until I thought, actually, the world needs someone like me that can speak to mm-hmm. people who are not in the psychic zone and yes. who still want to benefit from something that we all are given at birth for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to some, this is my last question. What would you sure. say to someone who's afraid to use their intuition in business?
1: Specifically in business? Oh, I would yeah. say regardless of where it is, but yes, in business, um, you're probably already using it. It's just whether or not you're using it to, to your best interests. Um, maybe you're noticing it and ignoring it and that's still using it. It's just not going to. not going to benefit you really i think there's you can't really lose anything by following your intuition or at least being aware of it and making a choice based on it um i have been warned and I, i think you might have said something similar to me or on my podcast too that you know um trusting your instinct and trusting your gut feels different than listening to fear um and sometimes for beginners it's it's hard to tell the difference but if you can get your head around that, it's it's amazing. It there's nothing to lose (laughs) if you're not absolutely coming from a place of fear, then you're only going to benefit from it. So Mm -hmm. and it just feels really good. (laughs) It does even when it's negative. (laughs) It is. Yeah, that's all it is. It just feels good.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: Feels right and it sits well with you. Mm.
0: Great, great tip. Thank you so much for coming and speaking to my audience um and um yeah i um do you have a freebie that you can or they will find it on your mm. page anyway when it
1: there's always something happening on my page but by all means if you're watching this and you'd like to know more about me or anything um do send me a message and i'm sure we can set up a, a bit of a one-on-one chat and see how you're going oh yes because that's
0: important to know because some people don't like to have free chats with people and i know mm.
1: Um, I've changed I my I mind think,
0: about that and, yeah. and I, uh, maybe you you have as well I don't know if it was something well
1: I think that it's important again when we do such personal one-on-one work it's important to feel comfortable with with your coach or mentor or whatever you want to call it um, and it's just as important for us as Coaches or mentors, or whatever, to be comfortable with our clients. If we're not a good fit, we're not going to get good results. And I would much prefer to spend half an hour or 45 minutes or something having a chat with you and then find out that maybe, maybe I'm better off sending you to somebody else first or instead yeah. and make sure that you're getting what you need out of whatever Absolutely. you're looking for rather than me saying, now you need to pay me this much now and then I'll talk to you and then you have to pay me like it's. You're not going to get good results that way. I want
0: to add something to this because Mm. um, I think one of your superpowers is to remove the shame from Mm. people who come to you about where they're at. And you certainly helped me with that. Um, And so that's, that's one of your, it's not the only one, obviously you have some (laughs) brilliant ideas. Uh, You, you, you do a lot of creative thinking and you probably use your intuition a lot to find solutions for people that maybe are a novel that have never been even done before. And yes. and that's important um, that you, you, you have that approach of listening, really paying attention mm. and really being there, holding the space so that your client mm. gets exactly what they need. Believe yeah. me, that it's not that common.
1: So. Thank you. <laughs> that does mean a lot coming from you. I, I do... I find that most of the hard work when it comes to decluttering and organising is, it's internal, it's in your mind, it's in your habits. Absolutely. Um, it's not as hard as it sounds. If you do it right and and you come into it um, with the right support, yeah. it's not as difficult and it can actually be a really, well, it, it should, it should always be a really pleasant experience. Like you want to come out of it feeling calmer and peaceful that's the whole goal for me is to bring i I like to say we curate calm you know we make decisions so that what you're left with is calm and there's no room for shame in that it's Mm. just but there is peace (laughs) i'm pretty sure (laughs) if you
0: if you run a quiz or if you did some sort of poll Mm. amongst people who hire Mm. you know organizing coach Mm. they feel a lot of shame Mm. i'm pretty sure of that
1: Oh, that, almost every person from,
0: yeah that stops you from yeah. actually doing the thing it's the thing it that does. that is mm. the biggest obstacle to wanting because you're yeah. constantly pulled back it's like that resistance within you mm. yeah.
1: yeah making the decision to reach out and ask for help or even just to ask for a little bit of advice um is a huge step and you know I, I don't think anyone has come to me and said, actually, my place is fine, but I just wanted you to have a look over it anyway. Like nobody comes to me like that. People come to me and say, I really hope you're not scared off. Well, that, that hasn't happened yet. I've been in homes where I can't get through the front door and I have not been scared off. Mm. It's, you're not going to scare me off. <laughs> it's, it's just... It's
0: important to know. Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think if you feel that way, you know that you're you need help if you think that somebody's going to be scared off by the side of your home or the way you live it means that you're not comfortable in it Mm. you know my job is not to make your home in such a way that I want to live there it's not my home Mm. I don't I it's your home I want you to be comfortable in it and if that means that you have a hundred i don't know avocado scoops which i don't even understand why anyone would need one but if you have a hundred of them and that's what makes you feel comfortable then that's fine you can have as much of anything as you want but i want you to make a decision about each one of them
0: <laughs> So, and this brings me to an anecdote that i want to share about how we, oh, when please. we work together yeah. because um uh, i am the mother of a beautiful autistic daughter who rescues teddies from the recycling center because she Mm. believes um, the toy story that she's watched many, many times. And for her, it's literally, it's literal. Mm. And these teddies she's rescuing teddies because um, they can't be left at the recycling center. It's just not possible. And so she has probably by now 400 teddies. And I came to you with this huge amount of shame wondering why Mm. I couldn't sort out my daughter um I did try a little bit uh tactics I don't shame her anymore I'm afraid I have a little bit kind of not been very nice with her about it um but we can repair that and um but what you did that was absolutely magical is that you made me aware of the difference between the collection and a pile mm-hmm. of clutter mm-hmm. and she actually organizes them very carefully she actually gives mm-hmm. them a name each, sometimes even a middle name. She organizes tea parties, birthday parties. If I let her, she would have a birthday party for each of her teddy bears. (laughs) Uh, I've drawn the line because uh, Mm. I need to keep my sanity. But I think I want to give this example to see how you can completely shift from shame to actually Mm. now I admire I I had a very a fondness for her for what she was doing, but mm. because it was so far off the norm, yeah. And I will accept it, you know. Yeah. I'm still struggling with the norm. I'm still struggling with my inner mm. critic, my um, the judgment in my mind of what mm-hmm. society has told me what is supposed to be. Yeah. And she was sadly on the receiving end of that judgment, and I feel awful. Uh, but you've helped me to remove that like almost instantly. And I don't think I could ever find the
1: words to tell you how grateful I am for that. Thank you, Ange. That is so wonderful to hear. And I I, I feel so 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 much love for your daughter and her little collection. I say little, her, <laughs> her rather you substantial me collection.
0: To, to see that yeah. as well. I had lost it yeah. because when it well, be, because when a certain point. And I yeah. thought it was unmanageable and all sorts yeah. of things. I lost it and you helped me to see my, uh, my daughter with the eyes of love again. That not that
1: incredible? That's so beautiful. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like we were saying. So basically there, the issue, the thing that needed to be decluttered there wasn't necessarily the toys. It was the concept of, of what a little girl's room should look like. Yep. Or or what is an acceptable amount of toys to have? Yep. You know, what is acceptable and what is right and what is going to work is going to be different for every single house and every single room in that house and every single person in every room in that house. And, yeah. I'm, Who says? And wasn't that yeah? an easier way to declutter than to, <laughs> to throw out all her, her toys?
0: hurt <laughs> yeah. her and hurt her. Yeah. And yeah. hurt her, I have to say. I didn't but I could have and because it's infuriating because did. we have
1: an idea as as mum as the person who has worked so hard to get this house to work for everybody in it it feels like like they're fighting you and it feels yeah. like they're being selfish for for you know for their room to be opposed to how you have envisaged yeah life in this home you know and it's not because you want bad things at all it's because you're trying to maintain i harmony. have different
0: needs than, than she you have did. different
1: needs and you're trying to balance everybody's needs yeah and you're seeing her behavior as as opposed to everybody else's needs rather than her behavior is satisfying her need and mm. it wasn't really affecting everybody else's as long as she can keep it in her control and for the time being that is in her control and I think now it might be some time before we can see this for sure but I think if she has some more freedom with how she takes care of these toys she will be more selective in how she chooses to let that collection evolve grow shrink however it might happen Mm. but if you fought her on it it's only going to get bigger
0: mm.
1: and more Absolutely. out of control for both of you. I
0: know. No, I agree. So I'm I so agree. glad
1: that you were able to find that. that yeah, and also to yourself. You said,
0: I want to finish on that note as well. I think you sure. said that you trusted that when the time was right, she would make a beautiful project out of this. And that kind of lit me up completely. So this is your magic, Lauren. I need to say it. I need to say it for all our listeners and um thank you so much for coming to talk to us today thank, thank you thank you for having me Ange. well now is that was phenomenal
1: thank you still recording
0: <laughs> oh yes i am <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of the business intuition podcast if you like this episode make sure you subscribe Give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs, and go onto my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.